there. Welcome to episode 15 of the Draft Champions podcast. It's just me here today, uh, Zach. Um, you can follow our podcast at Draft Champagne, and um, I just got an hour drive on my hands, so I figured might as well try and do something uh, to keep my attention. So I just decided I might just talk about the, the closer situations um, and get into a deeper conversation that would relate to the draft and hold format because uh your normal formats you just you're really just looking at your your closers and maybe a couple setup guys and like your nick anderson's and your Karinchuk's uh that might get drafted um in those uh like the 15 teamers like the rotowire online where there's you got 12 15 teams 30 roster spots a piece or 27 um for the player pool, you don't go beyond 400 in the player pool. Here, we go to 750 in the draft champion, so that's what I'm really going to focus on, and I'm going to do my best because I'm driving. I don't have any of the material in front of me, so away we go. Um, try to remember all the teams off the top of my head, and this is just this is just me flying off the top of my head. All right, starting, we'll start in the AL East. I'll start with um, Toronto, where I'm from, because the first team that came to my head. You got Ken Giles as the closer, and to be honest, I don't know any other fucking players that would be useful on, in that bullpen. I'm not looking at anyone, um, mainly because I haven't researched it. I know there's there's Bass, but I really am not targeting anyone besides Giles in these draftable formats. Um, don't want any of them. There's better there's better players that I will talk about uh, that I will talk about after this. Um, um, yeah, Bass is the only other guy in terms of Giles. Um, I do like him for this year as a standalone basis, but um, where he's going, I think he's going. You need to get him um, around 130, 140 overall. Um, I believe that fair, I believe that's fair value because I believe he um, he has some nice um, upside to be. Um, I think he's probably around the eighth, tenth closer off the board. I think he could be one of the best closers um, with the best ratios. However, they're really he does lose some value because the, um, there's no insurance policy for him that I'm willing to take. So. If he gets injured or, or in the unlikely event he's traded to another team where he wouldn't close, um, there is no insurance policy for him. So that does um, like I can't grab someone in the in the in the in the late rounds to handcuff him. So that does that does make him lose some value in my opinion. But I think uh, I'd like to have Giles. Um, he, uh, he's a good player to target, but I'm not going to go out of my way to get him. Uh, nothing much more to say about that. Um, Similarly, you got the Yankees in the AL East. You got Chapman. I like Chapman. You're gonna have to reach for him. Well, reach. You're gonna have to take him early. Uh, I'm not such a huge fan of doing it, of taking a closer early. But if I do take a closer early, it's gonna be either him or Hendricks. Um, that's just how it's unfolded for me. I do have some Chapman. Um, you can handcuff him, and it's actually not that expensive to handcuff him, and that's one of the reasons. Why, if I invest in him, I don't mind investing in an early closer because you have Ottavino, you have Zach Britton, you can get one of those guys, Canely, um, you can get one or two of them, um, past round 30 for sure. So if I do get Chapman, I am passively looking to get one of those players. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. Ottavino and Britton seem to be the logical explanations, but um, some Chapman's someone that if... Um, if I'm in round seven and I really don't love any of the other options, I might just say, fuck it, I'll take Chapman um, and um, really save myself from worrying about a closer um, in the round 10, 11, 12 area. I only, I only really need to get one more. 
next. Um, who's going to be next? Boston. Workman. Um, again, not really anyone that's um, really going to challenge him for saves. Um, he only has that one-year track record. He hasn't been someone I've targeted. I might get, I might have one share of him. He, he seems like he's good. Um, however, he's someone that there's not really any clear handcuff for him. And um, I really know, don't know what the Red Sox are going to do this year. They seem to be selling off. He could honestly be trade bait. He's someone I'm kind of fading. Um, you do have, as dark horses for saves, you really don't have many people. I think there's Barnes, which... Uh, I don't know about him. And then you got some younger guys there that could be closers. Um, you have Darwin's on Hernandez, um, who could be a starter or a closer. And you also have Bruce Dargatterill, who I was really confident he was going to be a starter. But since the medical reports have almost nixed this trade, I'm off him as a starter. Um, I was wrong on that. Um, so either of those players could eventually earn saves. I was um, speculating Darwin's on could have earned some saves last year, and I, I had him in a couple of these draft and holds, and he was called up, which helped me a little bit. Didn't didn't really move the needle though. But I think either of those guys could get saves if Workman loses that job. Um, but that situation is a situation I'm avoiding for saves in Boston, uh, just because of those reasons. Next, Tampa Bay. Um, you got Emilio Pagan, you have Nick Anderson, you have Jose Alvarado, who I believe might be healthy now, and then there's one more guy in there, Diego, Diego Castillo. Emilio, Emilio Pagan was the guy getting saves at the end of last year. It doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen this year. Um, I'm not reaching on Pagan where he's going. I'd rather have a safer option in terms of the stranglehold on that job. So I am fading that situation. I'd much rather have Nick Anderson than Emilio Pagan. I played in a league. I played in a, not a draft and hold league, but I played in a league that that uh, has holds and saves as two distinct categories. And I drafted um, in that league. I drafted um, Nick Anderson first, and then I drafted Emilio Pagan just because just because holds is a category, and I believe Nick Anderson is the better pitcher in that format. It's rotisserie, so strikeouts are are crucial there. And I think Nick Anderson is going to be a, better at getting strikeouts i did end up drafting both of them to sort of handcuff the situation so i'm going to get all the holds and saves besides alvarado and and castillo um in that league but in a draft and hold um it's really hard to get both of those first two players it's easier to get castillo and alvarado later on alvarado you can get close to around 40 and i think regardless if you target the tampa bay situation alvarado is a nice little dart throw you can throw that you can throw at in round 38 ish um I've got him a couple times. Um, not someone I'm targeting, but if he's sort of there and there's no one else I really need, um, no, no other categories I need to like backfill, I'll, I'll take a shot on Alvarado. If, um, especially if I'm not too confident with, I'm uh, not too happy with my closers um, that I've gotten early on. But uh, not really a situation I'm looking to target early. Like I'm not looking to reach on the Tampa Bay situation for sure. Not uh, before round. 10s complete. Um, who is the team that I'm missing in the East? Baltimore. Baltimore. You got Givens and you got uh, Hunter Harvey. I'm basically ignoring Givens. Um, I think Hunter Harvey is a nice guy to take a shot on after round 30 because he's really, no one's really talking about him. He 
He did pitch well when he was up last year. Of course, there, he's he has those injury concerns. He was a he was a high end prospect, sort of like Dylan Bundy was um, coming up. Then he had some injuries as well. So they, I think they're turning him into a reliever. It feels like, but that rotation is so shitty. I wouldn't even be surprised if Hunter Harvey gets starts eventually if he starts pitching well. So he's sort of a he's sort of an opposite of a guy that can hurt you in two ways. He's a guy that can help you. He's got upside in two different ways. I haven't got any of his shares of him yet. I'm in a draft and hold right now where I might be looking to, to, to grab him in the next couple rounds. I think we're in round 34. Um, I, I, li- I wouldn't mind some exposure to him. Givens, um, he is going late for someone that's like uh, has that job locked up. But um, just if you're looking at the overall, um, and I'll get to it with the Marlins, I just have a really hard time taking any reliever on Baltimore or or uh, Miami if I'm in a competition with an overall. Because even if Michael Gibbons gets saves or Ryan Stanek gets saves or Brandon Kinsler gets saves or Hunter Harvey gets saves, they're not going to get that many. And it's not like these guys have lights out innings and ratios. So if I'm in an overall, if I'm going to use a spot on a reliever, presuming I have two good relievers already, I'm, I'm assuming that these guys are my third reliever, and if I'm using a spot, one of my nine pitching spots on a third reliever, I don't want this person to be getting me 20 saves, 22 saves throughout the whole year, um, prorated bi-weekly or weekly. Um, so I'd much rather have a starter and, and generate those strikeouts and wins Rather, uh, rather than try to get one save a week with these guys, not even getting spectacular ratios. Um, so I think on those two teams, um, it's one thing if like you're getting them as a backup scenario where you're using, say you have uh, Michael Givens and, and you're going to use him and slot him in when uh, Ken Giles gets injured. That's, that's a different scenario um, as a backup. But if... Uh, but as, as someone that using someone as a as a as a plan for your primary saves, no, I think of all those closers in Baltimore or all the relievers in Baltimore and Miami, um, I like Hunter Harvey the most out of all of them, um, and just because of his um, his price tag. No, if I in a not in a in a vacuum, if I had to choose one to take at any point in time, I probably won't choose him. But for a value point, from a value point of view, I think he's the best one. Um, just because I think he has the best chance to, to help you in, in your ratios as well. Um, and and uh, if you hear anything in the background, I don't know if it's going to show up, but I have my nav on. I'm driving. So um, that's that, if you're wondering what that is. I don't know if it's going to show up in the recording. Now that we're out of the East, let's go to the AL Central. Let's look at the Bo- uh, Boston. Chicago White Sox. Alex Colomy. I think he's... Um, good value i think if you're in that range when he's in that he's right in the heart of that closer run that you always see and i think he's very good he's very good player to get in that closer run pretty standard average closer um you can handcuff him with um bummer i think is his his name um i just did this in in our auction draft that i just did i I bought column a for about seven or eight bucks and then i just got bummer around pick 500 as sort of a handcuff so 
happy with that. Um, pretty good guy that you want to, char- to, to, to target at, sort of at the beginning of that closer run. Um, and um, I'll call it the heart of the closer run. He's in that heart of the closer run, and I don't mind him. He's a good guy to target, and he's a good and he's an easy guy to handcuff. So I like him. Um, don't know if I have many shares of him, but I like him. Next in that um, division, you got uh, Twins. You got Taylor Rogers. Um, he's one of the guys you're gonna have to target early in that closer run, but he's gonna be good. Um, I like I like him a lot. He's gonna get help you in ratios. He's gonna get a lot of saves on the good team. Twins. Um, good guy to target probably before Colum A. Um, I like him more than Colum A. Probably in that heart tier, I'd say Taylor Rogers is my top target. Um, however, um, not quite sure off the top of my head who they have in that bullpen, um, but uh, won't would not be expensive to take a shot on one of the other guys in that bullpen later on. Um, names not coming to my head right now. Again, I'm driving. Um, next in that division, you have... Who's in that division? Tigers. Joe Jimenez. Um, I don't know. Tigers suck. Not going to get many saves. He's probably one of the three or four last closers of the job you can get. Still not targeting him. Don't know if he's going to get traded. Again, ratio's not that good. Someone um, I'm not targeting. If I was desperate, desperate, um, and I only had one reliever and he was there, um, I w- I would, I'd want him over anyone in Baltimore or Miami, but he's probably third the third worst team you're going to target for saves. Don't want him really. Emergency, emergency drafty. Uh, okay, who else is in that AL Central? You got the Kansas City Royals. Ian Kennedy. Um, again, similar to Joe Jimenez. Joe Jimenez 2.0, a little bit better. Uh, don't really want him um, for those same reasons. Team sucks. Um, even though he did get a lot of saves last year, they're not as bad as Detroit. Um, but again, he could get moved. So, um, I would in, in that closer run, he's probably right at that end. He's probably the last guy in that heart of the closer run that I'm taking. Um, he's sort of my, my, my last ditch effort in that closer run. If I need a second closer, um, he's not someone that I'm avoiding as much as Jimenez. All right, there's one other team in the AL Central that I haven't thought of yet. Um, Indians. Indians. You got Brad Hand. You got James Karinchak. You got Manuel Clase. And you also have Whitgren, who I've, um, who's come to my attention after talking to Jason Martinez at uh, Roster Resource. He actually has Whitgren in the eighth inning role, second in that pecking order to Brad Hand. Brad Hand could easily get traded. Uh, I like Brad Hand a lot for the ratios, but um, he's a guy that I've, I think I have one or two shares of, but I don't want to pay the price because just in case he gets traded, um, I don't think it would be likely he gets traded and not and is not the closer. I don't, I don't think somebody would pay up for him and, and not use him as a closer, but if he gets traded to the Yankees, he's not the closer. Um, there's probably a couple other situations where he's not the closer. Um so I've been I've been uh, valuing Karinchek um, around uh, pick 400 as a nice value because I think he's going to be that next man up. But there's also Clays and there's also Whitgren who might be going undrafted sometimes just because there's a hype surrounding uh, Karinchek and Clays. But um, 
I've been targeting Karinchuk and Clay's uh, standalone value, just um, sort of in the hopes that uh, Brad Hand gets traded. So, uh, Hand has um, recently been a fate of mine, um, and um, Karinchuk and Clay's have been more of a target if I can get them to pick 430 past around to 430, 450, if I don't want to look at anything else around that time. So I'm, if I get a hand, I'm looking to, uh, looking to reach on Karinchek and Clay's probably around that before pick 400, just to sort of handcuff that scenario. And, um, I'd kind of, if I got hand, I'd be so nervous to even try to target all, all four of those closers and get all those, get the entire monopoly board of, of the Cleveland Indians closers. So I think that's it for the central. Um, and again, just on the Indians, I don't know if you're going to get that same value you got out of hand last year, um, because the Indians are going to be worse. I don't, I don't see as many saves um, for them this year. Um, they might not be done moving pieces. Um, next, um, yeah, they might not be done moving pieces. Today is February 8th. Um, next, AL West. Start with the uh, Texas Rangers. I like Leclerc. Um, He's someone that I'm targeting in that heart of the closer run. Um, they said he's they want him to be the closer. He had a bad start last year. However, picked it up at the end of last year. Um, improved. Uh, not many. I, I didn't really see that many uh, people in that bullpen that could um, um, be a handcuff for him. Uh, like Hector Rodon is there, I believe. I don't really like him. Not really targeting, even if I have Leclerc. Um, some guy that I'm on that I've been starting to uh, realize might be someone decent to target after round 40 in these leagues is Jolie Rodriguez. I think he's coming over. I could be completely wrong, but I think he's from Japan. Spent a couple of years there, and I don't even know. But I think he's not much of, much of a track record, but he could be good. And then also, someone no one's talking about, I think I'm the only one drafting him, is Demarcus Evans. Sounds like um, a mix about a basketball player and a football player, but he's an actual... Reliever that was a double A for the Rangers last year. Off the fucking charts stats. You don't even have to look at anything um, except for those stats in the minor leagues. His K9 is um, just fantastic. And uh, his ratios, ERA, ERA, ERA and WHIP, are just spectacular. Um, but is he going to be someone that they're going to throw into the fire, even if they do Paul call up? He's someone that might not even get called up. So he's someone that I've been getting in exactly round 50 when I when I uh, have drafted Jose Leclerc. I will not reach for him before round 50, um, and I will only uh, target him if I have Jose Leclerc. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with this guy because it's just too much of a risk for him call, getting called up and them giving him the, the closer role in the chance that Jose Leclerc gets injured, traded, or struggles. So that's the Texas Rangers. Next, Oakland A's. Um, Liam Hendricks, I like him a lot for where he's going in that um, first little batch of closers before the... he's a, He is, I think, the last guy to go before that heart of the closer run goes. Um, he's a guy that I like um, because um, you can get him after Chapman. You can get him after um, um, Heater, for sure. And the only thing is he has no handcuff. You got Lou Trevino back there, but really... He's someone sort of like um, um, Giles, where you get him, but I don't really 
want anyone else in that bullpen, so I'm looking to handcuff him for other with other guys. Not handcuff him. I'm just looking to speculate on other relievers afterward. Afterward, late in the draft, no one really from Oakland jumps out at me. But I do like Hendricks, um, especially in non-draft and hold leagues where you're not where you're not looking to sort of get that monopoly board of closers and and lock lock down that whole team. So um, he's someone that I target. Specific. I, I love him in other leagues. People are gonna be afraid of him because of uh, what happened to Trainin last year on the A's. Someone that sort of came out of nowhere, but um, Liam Hendricks is one of those guys who shows up on all those leaderboards. Um, if you um, filter by 80 innings or more, um, not just qualified players, he's up there right with all the stud starting pitchers in terms of um, all the all the advanced metrics. Uh, so he's he's a good target, uh, but you'll have to get him probably around pick 110 or before that um, if that fits your team. Next in the West, you got Seattle. Seattle's sort of one of those. Um, um, teams you can you can get closers real late um the guy that's been going first is matt mcgill um he seems to be the the favorite for, for saves um but if i do get him i'm looking to also get um some of the other guys on that team um i don't mind uh i think i think um mcgill would be he was amazing value i was getting him when before all in these november drafts i was getting mcgill really really late um but now you're gonna have to. Now he's going um, within the top, I think, 300 picks or should be. Um, but there's also Sam Tuvalala or whatever, however you say his name. He's also getting some hype, but um, and he you'll, you'll have to get him probably before pick 400 or maybe around 400 to, to sort of go with McGill. But I think Seattle could be good and like there could be a lot of saves saves to be had. Um, in that in that uh, Seattle bullpen, but there are some other guys in that bullpen that um, could have some sneaky value. So really, we're just sort of guessing on McGill. Like I think, like not more than more more than guessing on McGill. I think he does have the inside track for saves. But like for the a lot of people are, are taking uh, Lala, um Not that not that late. Like before pick four hundred. So for someone that's just um, sort of one of those guys in the bullpen. He's going pretty early, so the value on him, I think, is poor because you have guys like Austin L. Adams in uh, the Seattle bullpen that you can get in the four, in the round 40s, who is just has nasty stuff. He's one of those guys that I got. Um, Adams is one of the guys I got in those in, the, in my deep, deep, deep dynasties uh, last year. Um, just looking at his stats in the minor leagues, now he's up in the majors. He has, he might have the best stuff out of anyone in that bullpen. So he's a guy that I would target regardless of having the Seattle relievers or not. And if I did have McGill, I would definitely want to be getting Austin Adams in like round 45 or whatever. Um, next, who is in that? Houston. Roberto Osuna. Okay. Now here's, here's a piece of information that I got before last year. I'm from Toronto. He was in Toronto, and uh, he got traded for Ken Giles in, I believe, 2018. Now, I am avoiding Roberto Osuna. He's one of those guys that's going around that Liam Hendricks range. I'd way rather have Hendricks than Osuna. Uh, First of all, Astros' situation is sort of messed up to begin with. Um, Wouldn't even rule out... um, 
Osuna getting traded or this year. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what's going to happen to that team. Um, Craig, um, our co-host, made a prediction that Astros would miss the playoffs this year. I don't even me. I don't even think that's so bold. But given that division, my little bold prediction. We'll do it, and we'll segue right now into this 2020 vision. My bold prediction, I'm going to piggyback off what Craig said. I'm going to say that no team in the AL West finishes below 500, and no team in that division has more than 90 wins. I think that division is going to have a ton of parity, um, and I don't know what's going to happen with the Astros this year. I don't think they're going to win their division. Um, I think it's going to be someone else. I think it's unlikely that soon it gets traded, but if you play fantasy football, and not this year, but last year, you got fucked if you drafted Kareem Hunt. Because before the season started, um, you knew there was reports that he that he had some sort of incident, but uh, the league investigated it, and nothing was really happening before the season. He was a first-round pick, and then all of a sudden, bang, he's suspended, he's cut, you're screwed. Because a video came out. So, back to what I'm saying. Now, Take what I say with a grain of salt. I'm from Toronto. I have a friend who knows a friend. So it's a friend of a friend. But this friend doesn't play fantasy sports. He was just telling me this story. His friend is a police officer, and his jurisdiction was that hotel where Osuna um, basically clocked a chick in the face, um, essentially, I think is what happened. And according to this police officer, there is a video of it. And take it, like I said, take it for a grain, take it with a grain of salt. Um, this video has not been released to the public yet. I don't know if it will, but these things seem to always make them make their way out into the public eye. And um, you all know that once there's a video, then things change. So like everything's fine now. Everyone's forgotten about it. Um, it's forgotten about this assault, but. Um, and the charges are dropped because I believe what happened in Mexico was, um, what, like the woman decided to, to, to stop pursuing anything to do with it because of whatever the hell was going on with her family, as soon as family, I don't know what's going on, but um, not fantasy relevant. But what is fantasy relevant is if this video comes out, and this is why I was this was told to me before last year. So again, I heard this before 2019, and I was avoiding Osuna. And he was great for fantasy last year, so I avoided him. So I was I was paranoid avoiding him, and it turned out that there was no need to avoid him for fantasy for fantasy purposes. There might be a reason to avoid him for other purposes, but for fantasy purposes, there was no reason to avoid him. But I'm still weary of this video coming out, and I'd much rather take my chances on Hendricks. Um, and for this reason, again, I'm still completely avoiding Roberto Asuna because... I've heard through the grapevine, don't know if it's true, but I've heard from a source that has no skin in the game, just telling me as a friend for something that he heard because we were sitting around having a drink and he told me this. Um, there's no motives because this guy doesn't play fantasy. He's just telling me this. Um, uh, and he's good friends with this police officer. I'm still avoiding this unit because of that I'm afraid. Um, I've got, I've got, I'm paranoid because I drafted Kareem Hunt. I'm not drafting Roberto Asuna this year again. So how far have we gone? We got um, we got uh, almost half an hour here. You know, I'm going to stop. Um, I'm going to stop now, and uh, we'll we'll um, 
maybe look at the NL um, another time. Um, and we'll we'll uh, see if I want to do uh, this on the on the way back. But um, I'd rather just listen to a podcast now rather than record one. I think I'm going to listen to the rest of. Uh, I was in the middle of a uh, Toby's podcast, Bat Flip Crazy. I'm going to listen to that one because I've talked for half an hour and my voice is kind of my throat's starting to get annoyed right now. So fuck it, I'm finished. Um, I don't want to get in the middle of the NL and then have to cut it off because I've got to my destination. So maybe I'll do um, an NL little whatever later. But again, follow our podcast at Draft Champagne on Twitter, um, Draft Champions Podcast, the Draft Champions um, um, Twitter um, thing was taken. It was taken by um, a Twitter account that has about 16 followers. So you can also follow Draft Champions. I think they're talking about like Madden might be a video game, but Draft Champagne. Um, we're actually more established now. We actually have much more followers, um, so that's doing great. Thank you again um, for uh, listening and um, following our Twitter and, and, and listening to our podcast. We're growing a lot, so very much appreciated. Um, uh, we're actually growing to the point where I have the confidence to do a podcast on myself uh, by myself because if before this started, I would say there's no way anyone's going to listen to me talk. No one cares about me. But now I'm sort of starting to think we've got this podcast established. And you know what? People might listen to me talk about closers. So it's, um, fuck it. Let's do this. It. It's fun. And um, we'll talk to you next time. See you later.